Yeah, so I guess to start off, just like uh, tell us a bit about your background and uh, running a chapter, how you got in TA, what you do. Sure, I'll start off. Um, so I run the Effective Altruism Meetup in New York City. Uh, my background's in evolutionary psychology, so I tend to be fairly uh, conscious of the, the ways that uh, kind of irrational motives can influence behavior, maybe even amongst ourselves and myself. So I try to you know, surround myself with people who reinforce my values, and so running the meetup's kind of a big part of that for me. Uh, we're not too ambitious beyond that. I try to, you know, get people coming back, having social meetups, do things that are interesting, uh, find speakers. We're kind of setting things up uh, with organizations that can provide space for, for talks, and I think it's good to have an opportunity to network with people that are coming through town and have a place for people to talk if they want to talk to people that are interested in this stuff. Uh, and yeah, so my, my yeah, I finished a PhD in evolutionary psychology last year, and I'm now working in animal rights. Awesome. Um, so I'm Ben. Um, my I guess my qualification for being here is that when I was a, a freshman at Harvard, I joined this group called Harvard High Impact Philanthropy, uh, and that was in like maybe like April of my freshman year. And in June, they were like, hey, Ben, everyone else is graduating. Do you want to run this group? I was like, oh, my god. Um, anyway, uh, and that was, the, that was the group that became Harvard Effective Altruism, which I was co-president of for two years uh, before handing it off to Aaron, um, who's been uh, doing an awesome job of running it this year. We have eight people from the group at this conference, um, which is um, like really exciting to see them all there. Um, and uh, now that I've graduated, I'm an engineer at a software company um, that does remittances. Um, so we like try and like save money for people in um, developing countries by doing remittances more cheaply. Um, I'm Ajaya. I am the co-president of the UC Berkeley Effective Altruism Club. Uh, effective altruists of UC Berkeley were like not allowed to use Berkeley as an adjective. Um, but, uh, I, it's like a fairly new, fairly small group. Um, I started it basically uh, fall of last year, um, but for an entire semester there were only four people and we only did one thing, which was like uh, plan the curriculum for this class that we were going to teach in the spring. Um, and so this was part of a system uh, that Berkeley has called DECALS, which is like Democratic Education at Cal, where undergraduate students can like go through this process and like apply to teach this class um, that's like pass no pass that other people can take. So I did that on effective altruism. And it was kind of like as a recruiting tool to like uh, get people up to speed and see if they're interested in doing this. And as a result of the class, we have like, like seven, eight members now. Um, and we're planning to do a thing in the fall where we like try to encourage Berkeley students to take like a giving pledge and we're not sure like what percentage that is. But. Cool, thanks. Um, and so, so one thing that I think uh, is cool about this panel is that we have uh, people from sort of different stages and levels of like aroundness that the uh, different groups have been in. Um, also I think a lot of diversity in what the groups actually do. Uh, do you want to talk a bit about like, what are your main programs? Why did, or how did you start doing those? Yeah, so for me, um, I think 
There's, there's, yeah, one of the big differences is whether you're outward or inwardly focused. So in New York, there's a ton of people who are interested in EA, might not necessarily get together centrally. You know, there's pockets of people who work at one company or another company and can kind of reinforce each other. So for people that are already interested in the ideas, might, you know, want to find ways of, of networking with other people, that's kind of what I'm focused on, which is just based on who started coming to meetups first. Uh, whereas if I were you know, back uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I was before, I would probably be just kind of shouting out to people, trying to get people interested in the ideas and, and uh, proselytizing. Yeah, so Harvard Effective Altruism is definitely more of the, more in the sort of proselytizing camp. Um, and I think we've been fortunate enough to be able to um, do a, a bunch of stuff that really, really helped us with that. Um, so, and we've, we've experimented with like a few, a few different programs um, in that regard. Um, so I guess the first thing that we did that was really great um, is um, we, uh, so, and if, you, and if you run a student group, you'll probably find that your, your college has something like this. Um, but we, uh, Harvard has a, an, a, like a student group fair where uh, anyone who runs an official college student group can get a booth and try and like market themselves to people. Um, and what we found is that there's this really cool thing you can do, which is to run a giving game. Um, and um, so what we would do is we would set up like a poster with like three different charities that people could choose between. And we would um, go to the bank and get like a massive stack of like $1 bills and we would walk up to people, like present them with this $1 bill and they would, of course, if, you, if somebody, you know, hands, hands the bill to you, you have, like, the instinct to take it. So they would take it, and then they would say, hey, do you want to give this dollar to charity? And, like, 90% of people that you do this to will come and, like, look at your charities and, um, uh, and, and try and, like, make a choice between them. Um, and then that's, like, a really good tool to get them interested in, um, in, in your group. Um, so that's one of the like uh, one of the most effective outreach activities we've did done in terms of return on time. So we would get them to like sign up for an email list afterwards, and then send them emails about like talks that we would hold and stuff. Um, another another main activity of HCA is organizing talks. So um, uh, we would actually um, we would organize them as part of a. Um, uh, a, a speaker series that we would run every year um, called the Philanthropy Fellowship. Is it still called the Philanthropy Fellowship? Probably. I don't know. It, it might not be called the Philanthropy Fellowship anymore. Philanthropy is like too many syllables. Um, uh, I thought I heard somebody say they were changing it. Anyway, um, but the idea of this is that like, so um, is it basically like try to play the prestige game. So like we would tell, uh, well, okay, so first we got like Peter Singer to like agree to come give a talk. Um, which like he's like generally like fairly like you you have to raise some money in order to do this and so we like um, we like because he charges an honorarium that he then donates to charity but he's like generally like if you can raise the honorarium he's like like generally enthusiastic about speaking to effective altruism groups um, and oh sorry here we'll get our water bottle <laughs> my bad um, right so. Uh, we got like actually we didn't even have him at first. We had like some other some other philosopher come to kick it off, and then we would send out an email to a bunch of people that we thought might be good speakers. Like probably like twenty or like thirty people. Be like we're having this like speaker series, and like you know Larry Temkin is giving the first talk. 
Like, do you want to do you want to come give a talk? Um, and like, they were all like super busy academics, but we like played the numbers game, and so like some of them said yes. So then we had this like lineup of speakers who were like you know professor of X at Y, and we would like tell people who were applying to the group like or who were like interested in HCAA like oh like you know we're having this speaker series, and you can like apply to be a philanthropy fellow and. Um, and the philanthropy fellows get to go to like private dinners with all of the speakers after the events. And um, the, the secret, of course, is that like the application acceptance rate was like nearly a hundred percent. But because there was an because there was an application, everybody thought that it was like you know a resume line item, and um, like it would be this like high powered group, which I guess it kind of ended up being actually. But um, uh, Anyway, so that was like a good attractor to get people interested in also. Um, so for a uh, while, those were our main activities. Yeah, uh, the, that was a great explanation. I want to make sure that uh, we get to everyone else on the panel. Also, Sorry. random logistical note. I, uh, I believe that there's actually just like a, talk, a workshop about running giving games later today. Uh, it should be in your program. Um, also, I imagine that raising the honorarium will be easier than it has been in the past, thanks to the existence of various organizations. But, oh, um, yeah. The guy who I does guess. Giving Games is named John Behar, and he's yeah. here at his conference. Mm -hmm. So if you have questions, yeah. talk to him. And, okay. um, he would be very, very happy to talk to you all yeah. about how it works or do like a little something around it. So. Yeah, track him. Yeah, track him down, and he will help you a lot. Um, I guess probably we should have Ajaya finish this question, and then Jonathan can introduce himself. Uh, so activities. Um, so I will say that we stole like basically everything of Ben's that we could steal um, because he's like the like godfather of a bunch of student groups. Um, so we did the giving game thing, and just like as a as a note of like. Caution to be transparent. I think it was less successful than it was for Harvard EA, but that may just be Good because I didn't. That may just be because I didn't pull it off as well. Um, but that's still that's like it was still successful. It was just like more people like walked away, um, and I think that has to do with me like being more embarrassed or like not presenting myself correctly. So that's something I'm working on. Um, the main activity we did last semester, basically the only thing we did was um, run the class, which met. Uh, for two hours once a week uh, on Mondays. And the class was basically like we'd like have some reading, um, usually like short like blog posts or things uh, that people from the community wrote. Um, and we'd, we'd have a discussion about it and we'd have a giving game um, kind of themed around uh, that like uh, concept. So um, Usually we would just like give every student $20. Like we, we had to raise a lot of money for this. Um, we'd give every student $20 and then they'd like discuss among themselves and then choose where to go, where the money went. And I think that it was like a really good sort of engagement strategy because people like kind of took it really seriously. Like, oh my God, this is like real money. And like it adds up to like hundreds of dollars every class. Um, and like we could actually make a difference here. And so, like, that, that's kind of why we chose 20. Just, like, it seemed like the smallest amount that still felt, like, real and substantial to the point where, like, you felt this obligation to, like, do a good job of allocating it. Um, and we might experiment with, like, different levels of that. Um, but, like, next semester, I can, talk, I can talk more about the sort of activities we're planning to do because it was pretty much all of our bandwidth to do that one thing last semester because we were really small. Um, we're planning to do a campaign to get... Berkeley students to take giving pledge, like I mentioned before. Um, 
I actually met someone from Wharton School of Business here at this conference that does this thing called One for the World, where um, she had this campaign um, to get students to, or like business school students at Penn, to um, pledge to give 1% of their income. And um, the the nice thing about it was that like you registered yourself and like your credit card in this uh, database, and then you like wrote down the amount of money that you would give away that would be approximately 1%, and it was just, like, all really automatic, um, and you can just kind of click a button uh, for the recommended charities, which I believe were, like, mostly give well-recommended charities. Um, and so, like, we're, we're, like, starting to think about importing that to Berkeley. Um, that sounds really cool. Um, and, like, I think we plan to continue to do marketing with giving games on uh, Sproul Plaza, which is, like, sort of the main quad area. Um, and we're going to advertise and hopefully have hopefully have speakers or we had speakers for our class and we hope to make it like more public next time um, yeah great uh, it sounds like there's lots of stuff that you can test out um, now that uh, Jonathan is here uh, tell us a bit about yourself right yeah so sorry that I was a bit late just confusion with the schedule on my end um, so my name is Jonathan Courtney and I'm the director of outreach for giving what we can so over the last uh, six months or so, I've been working mostly with getting in contact with uh, giving what we can chapters and groups, as well as a number of EA groups, uh, to try and support them in whatever way I can, uh, as well as trying to uh, encourage new groups to start up, both by getting EAs who are in cities or universities where we don't have groups and giving them the resources to start up chapter there, um, or by uh, actually reaching out to university professors and asking them to introduce their students to the idea of EA uh, and start up a group at that at their university. And this has been... Both these methods have been, uh, at least for me, surprisingly successful thus far. Um, we started up 12 new chapters um, between January and June, and now we're doing a big uh, outreach push over the summer to try to start up a bunch more. So I guess I'll do uh, my first plug that if you guys are interested in helping out of that at all or, or getting any support from me, I'd be very happy to uh, chat to you more uh, in the break. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I think is sort of exciting about the development of the effective altruism community is just that there is now just so much more going on. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about some of the like new sort of support programs? Or yeah, sure. So yeah, there's. Uh, I think there's just a whole bunch of more support than there was like even a year ago. So uh, like I said, I'm working full time on trying to connect different chapter heads to each other and giving them resources and connecting them with the resources that uh, giving what we can's produced, but also that other EA orgs uh, have produced. I think there's uh, a really good sort of informal network uh, called uh, EA Group Leaders, which if you're not already on the Google list and you're interested in being on it, I suggest you get on it. It's really great. Um, yeah, and there's uh, a number of resources, in, including sort of guides on how to start up chapters, on best practices, uh, as well as uh, linking to people like John Behar through The Life You Can Save and doing giving games through them. So, yeah, there's quite a bit available to chapters that even a year ago there wasn't, there wasn't really. So, exciting times. Cool. Um, and I, I have one more question for the panel before uh, we'll just open it up, because probably there are things that are super useful to you that I don't know about. Um, what was the thing, or what advice do you wish you had heard when you were starting off? Like, what was the, like, most, like, helpful thing that you wound up doing that you could have just done at the beginning but didn't know to? Well, specifically for city groups, so, I mean, with, with university groups, there's kind of a built-in infrastructure for if you've, got a, if you've got a talk to hold, you can apply to, you know, hold it somewhere. For city groups, I think it's, it's really important to start talking to organizations as much as you can that might potentially be interested in doing that because if you want to kind of bootstrap a lot of people to get interested in the group, it helps to be able to hold talks. And yeah, in, in a city environment, it can be pretty hard to find a place for that if you don't have 
some relationship with somebody who has an office. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the, the, the first thing that I would tell somebody to do apart from you know, just other kind of general recruitment methods, uh, you know, setting up something on different forums, meetup.com uh, has been useful for me for getting like a few straight people that are interested in philanthropy or interested in, uh, you know, sort of uh, self-improvement and might be kind of amenable to the ideas. So, you know, just sort of by doing searches on the topics, uh, they, they find uh, this group. So, yeah. uh, Keep showing up. I think that's, um, well, this might not apply to everybody because probably not everybody is as bad of a group leader as I was. Um, but I was like a pretty bad leader. I was like disorganized and like constantly like throwing things together at the last minute and like dropping the ball on organizing stuff. Um, and part of that was just because it was often quite discouraging at the beginning um, when it was. That, you know, just me, like, standing in front of, like, a giving game poster board being like, hey, like, I know this is weird, but, like, do you want to try and compare the effectiveness of these charities? Um, I've refined my pitch since then. Um, <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm not sure if you're here. It was the, um, uh, you, so the, the most exciting part is that you, like, you give them a dollar, and then you, and they're holding the dollar, and they have to, like, you know, listen to you, because they're holding your dollar. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, so, but um, I think, like, um, right, so I, I got discouraged a lot at the beginning, um, but it, I think it really was just a matter of, like, sticking it out and, and continuing to organize things, and, like, like, I would do a bunch of stuff, and eventually, like, you know, one person showed up who was, like, really, really interested and, like, kept coming to events. That was John Sturm, and he became the co-president of Harvard Effective Altruism. And then there were two of us, and like that was like a lot better because then when one of us was discouraged, the other one could go like do all the things that like like John could go do all the things I was dropping the ball on. Um, and so then like we did a bunch more things, and then we got like you know like two other people like like really interested. And then like then finally we were like, oh, we should do this like philanthropy fellowship thing. And like then like stuff started like really like snowballing. But that was, I think it must have been more than a year after, like, like it had been, like, just me and John and, like, a couple of other folks. I think Aaron had come to some of the events there, too. Um, uh, it was, like, like just a very, a, a small number of people holding talks in these, like, dinky rooms in, like, you know, the third floor of some random building for, like, a year before, before anything actually started to happen. And, like... If I had been a better group leader at the beginning, I probably wouldn't have had to wait that long. But um, given that I wasn't, I'm glad I did. Cool. Yeah, so the biggest thing I've probably heard from the most, other than the resilience point, which I think is like really important, the other one is to just to aim to try and find like committed good people as fast as you can. So you can even think about trying to optimize your kind of first events to, to seek out these people. So you might not even necessarily look to have an event that has, you know, a 300-person attendance as your first event, but just an event that brings out everyone that you know personally or that's in your social circle who you think would be even vaguely interested in these ideas. Uh, so I think, yeah, uh, the really great anecdote from uh, Sam from the giving, when he started up the Giving What We Can chapter at Manchester University, uh, he basically, his first event was just screening the Peter Singer TED Talk and hosting a Q&A, and I think it was only, he didn't advertise it that much, and there was basically only 15 people in the audience. But of those 15 people, six of them joined his committee, like, right after the, right after he sort of did this, Q, like, hour-long Q&A. 
So I think you know aiming to get the really good people on board is is a huge part. As as I said, like having someone to pick pick things up when you're not feeling so great or when you're busy with school or for whatever other reason can't really keep going is I think a huge uh, determining factor to having a really well run group. So yeah. Um, I think I think that those are all really good points. So I'm just going to go to the like next thing that I think is really important, uh, which is like for me personally or for for our group personally, like a big thing was not taking on too much and like being realistic about how much commitment you'll actually put into it. Um, like just because like, you know, we're all really enthusiastic about it, but it's kind of like trying to do a lot of things and then like being really stressed and disorganized and doing them badly is like way worse than just doing like one thing and spending like a relatively small amount of your time on it, but like making it really good and like getting more people that'll help you like help you do more things. Uh, I, I found when it comes to trying to find people that'll, that'll help with something, just, you know, and this is just, I guess, a general advice for anything, but if you find people's motivations, so you don't, you know, you don't look for people that are willing to help you, you look for people who want to promote themselves to your group and things like that, and you try to find some common interest, uh, that's where I've had success so far. <laughs> 